This podcast is brought to you by Hanley's Clean Meals. Hanley's Clean Meals provide you with nutritionally balanced prepped meals that will aid you in all walks of life. Hanley's Clean Meals provide numerous inter-county teams with meals. For more information, visit their website hanleyscleanmeals.ie or follow them on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Manly.ie, Ireland's Pharmacy for Men. Manly.ie is a dedicated space for men's health, wellness and grooming online. Access practical online and face-to-face advice as well as in-depth product range tailored to support men's health in Ireland. Visit manly.ie for more and you can follow them on social media. Delighted now to be joined by John McEntee, former Iran footballer and Davy Burke to look back on round six of the National Football League. So far we know that Kerry and Galway will be in National Football League finals and Cavan as well in Division 4 of course. Uh, Down have been relegated and the rest of the finals and relegations are still up for grabs at the moment. For the first game um, we'll look at John, you were there of course. Um, Kerry travelled up uh, to Armagh. It's safe to say Really, the scoreline in this game, Kerry 113, Armagh 13 points, probably doesn't do Kerry justice. There seemed to be a real narrative that it could have been a lot more in this game. Paul, uh, yeah, I was at it. Was a, it was a thoroughly enjoyable game. You know, Armagh, in, in many parts, you know, kept kept in the game, got scores where you wouldn't expect them to get scores. But for me, it was it it was a very comprehensive victory, a three-point hammer in some ways, people would have said, because Kerry were just in second and third gear sometimes, at most. They, they just have a lot of class. They're losing class. They're, they're, they've become defensively solid. I'd say, you know, in the crowd at least, there's a lot of concerns about their, their goalkeeper. I think they, they, they see the goalkeeper potentially as, as an area of weakness. I don't know if that's justified or not, to be honest with you, but uh, maybe his kickouts need to be better than what they are. He certainly... He, 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 you know, he, he adds a big presence in there in the full back lane. When hay balls are coming in, he uh, he's formidable when it comes to shot stopping, as far as I can tell. And maybe just a bit of tidying up needs to be done on the kickouts. But you can see the work that they've been doing defensively. You can see the quality uh, individually in their defence. They're 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 certainly very sharp. They're big. They're physical. Uh, and yesterday was a physical match. First half now there was a, there was quite a bit of um, I suppose getting to know each other. Uh, and and there was there was the risk of a half time maybe a bit of spillover didn't happen of course uh, you know I suppose boys are pretty professional now they can sort of roll with the rough and humble but you know I, Kerry the great Kerry teams were were physically tough though she is and them boys would cut you in two and wouldn't think twice about it in recent years uh, maybe one of the criticisms that could be levied against them is that they weren't maybe as as, as physically aggressive and um, when it was put up to them they maybe shade away a bit but. I don't see that now. I think yesterday when it, when it was asked of them now, very quickly they stood up to the mark. Uh, and, and you know, from what I could see, it was like, I'm a catch that all here, boys, or else we're going to put money on you. And that was the message that was put in, put forward just before half time. And then they came out, uh, you know, and added a wee bit of spice by throwing on the great Clifford. Hard to believe you'd call a fella the great when he's only, what is he, 22 or 23? But uh, that's what he is. Um, you know what? 
we were we were talking among ourselves before the match, and he, he wasn't supposed to be supposed to be playing. The word was him and Shawnee weren't traveling. Uh, I think they were getting rested. I think Shawnee has a, a toe injury or something, and 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 David, I suppose, I guess, with all the you know the Sigerson football and and the county football, he hasn't had much of a rest. But uh, so there's a bit of a disappointment. But whenever he talked out was number ten jersey, he did the warm up. And the excitement that went through the crowd, like it was just amazing. Kerry come to town and there's a real flair about them, you know. So my people love watching Kerry. I've always loved watching Kerry. But uh, uh, he's something special. He really, really is. He's something special. Uh, and he, he seems to be a real good solid guy to boot because at the end of the match, there was hundreds and hundreds of kids running on. And he was literally surrounded by young kids. Uh, and seemed to be quite happy, quite in his element, just to, to sign autographs, sign jerseys and stuff, you know. So... Uh, Good day. Good. It was in, in many ways there was a lot of positives from the Armagh performance. You know, it's good to to play against the top teams like like Tyrone and 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 Dublin and Kerry and Mayo and show your colours and be competitive. Like three points it depends how you spin it. Three points was was a pretty decent performance against Kerry, but like if I if I was been completely objective, there's no doubt about it. it Kerry were by far and away the best team on the day. And just on Kerry's strength, like in this game, particularly Davy, uh, as John mentioned there, Clifford only comes on, still missing Sean O'Shea, Paul Murphy and Gavin White uh, didn't play yesterday either. Like it's it's really showing the strength already of Kerry. Yeah, and even Dan Donahue, who would have started a couple of first yeah. uh, rounds of the league, didn't play yesterday either. So uh, their strength and depth, uh, um, themselves may all, I would feel, have the two strongest panels by a, by a long way, I, I would think. Um, but yeah, they're, they're they're extremely far down the line. I think um, they, as 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 John mentioned, they've cleaned up defensively, and I, I know Paddy Talley's getting a lot of the credit for that. But I do think Jack will probably have helped that a bit too. A uh, probably more tactically astute maybe than maybe the previous manager were possibly. So um, and even in the shape of the team, with, with, I spoke about this previous with Adrian Spillane, and I know Darren Moynihan didn't play yesterday, but Stephen O'Brien is a real worker there and, and serious legs to boot. So look. Them boys will always give, give you a good protection. And Jack Barry's a very defensive-minded midfielder. So, look, they'll give you protection, but they've got legs as well. To, they can do both transitions, you know. So, uh, for me now, Kerry are a serious, serious... They're definitely number one team in the country. I know Division 1 would tell you that itself. doesn't take a genius to work that out. But um, you add Gavin White and Paul Murphy into that half-back line and then add Dan Dunhill into the full-back line and, and, and stick Sean O'Shea in 11. My God, like, you know. And, um, and look at Jack Savage now really putting his hand up the last couple of weeks. So uh, uh, he was impressive yesterday, Davy. He was yeah. impressive. He kicked a couple of good scores. He got he got sent off for um, uh, send bin offence or not sent off. He got sent bin offence for ten minutes. It was actually off maybe much longer, maybe 14, 15 minutes. You know, by the time that he, he got back in, but immediately back in, he kicked a couple of points. Yeah. He's, uh, he's an impressive young lad. Yeah, we played. I I'd first I'd seen him in first hand there in Sigerson about a month ago. Uh, we played them in Alan Tralee, and he was sent forward there. And ah, uh, oh, geez, he was serious link man. Distributor, uh, big physical man, and uh, kicked uh, kicked, kicked four points that day as well. But yeah. so I, I think Jack is like the savage competition. Tony Brosnan was there that day as well, and I uh, look they're top quality forwards, top top quality forwards. And it looks maybe Ganey might have fallen fallen out of favour a little bit. I think it's between Ganey and, and Spillane, Gillian Spillane there to maybe fill the other role. But um, and they're, look, they're extremely extremely impressive, and uh, I think they're they have to be favourites right now. Yeah. I suppose the thing about them is, uh, like, listen, we're no experts up here, but uh, when it comes to the bet, I think Ganey is, is, you nearly know the Kerry team. 
You know, you have yeah. your 15, maybe 16. Uh, I didn't see enough of Killian Solan yesterday um, or Tony Brosnan. Uh, Tony had a lot of chances. I kicked a lot of ways yesterday that would justify a place ahead of Ganey. Uh, and, and if anything, that could be one of the concerns we carry. You have your, your 15, 16. Uh, we are almost certain, maybe even possibly 17, I, I, I guess. Uh, we are almost certain what the, the team's going to be. Mayo, on the other hand, you mentioned there, uh, is very different. Like to have, he's, he's he's tried a lot of different bodies, a lot of different people out. You really don't know what team he's going through. He threw out a very weak team um, against against Stone the weekend and lost the game. Uh, so it's hard to know whether he's developing a squad uh, with a view on the championship, or whether he's he's trying to sort of some f- fine players that he, he he's not sure he has yet or not. You know, I think he, there is a potential maybe looking for one or two more players. But in actual fact, I think he's probably just looking to have a a stronger squad, so whatever the you know the season rolls on, that he has somebody to call upon. It's, it, it, one very interesting point on that is: is it more beneficial? And there's no real answer to this, but is is it more beneficial to have have your 15 or 17? We'll say have you know your 17 or 18 players definitely right, which means everyone knows them, or is it, would you rather be in James Horn camp and no one really knows the team? You know, let's be honest. Yeah. The, with the yeah. exception of Matty Ruan and uh, Oshin Mullen, uh, you know, yeah. Lee Keegan, there's about there's about nine lads there up for grabs, I'd say, yeah. in, in Mayo team. So it's kind of hard to know. Will he use Kevin McLaughlin as an impact all year? It's kind of hard to know what way they're going to go about it. And as a manager, do you want, you know, do you want cohesion? Do you want lads playing together week on week, or do you want the surprise element? And it's kind of hard to know really what the answer there is. You know. Yeah, it is a, t- a, t- a tough call. It doesn't help us when we're trying to pick who's going to win next week. No, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. At least you boys are safe. <laughs> yeah, well, we are. We're safe. We're in the middle. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. On Armad, John, like, what have you made of their progress to date in Division 1 and on uh, yesterday's performance? Well, I, I, the progress has been has been positive it's been a positive up uh, positive progress now for you know under Kieran McGinney now for maybe six seven years it's been largely positive and there's been a big emphasis on on league football and winning leagues and getting through the you know uh, division three division two up into division one and then this year I think that um uh, from what from what I understand it seems to be uh, to stabilise your position in Division 1 and get yourself as a real genuine contender. And we are. We're up now in, in the top table. And I would suggest that we're pro- we are probably realistically a top-six team. Uh, as Davey would point out, the table shows that at the minute. We could potentially get to you know a league, a league semi-final, a league final. Uh, but are we a top-two team? No. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think there's been significant progress. There's a lot of lads have made great strides you can see them their presence on the field now is such the, the physically big and, the, and powerful you can see the confidence growing in them but it, it, it's it's like there's still lots of development with them you know um, seeing yesterday Charlie O'Burns went up and kicked the point and for a number of uh, matches there what he had been doing was working really really well as a halfback bringing the ball out of defence getting ourselves into a, a forward position and he'd offload balls uh, more than shoot and I seen yesterday he kicked a lovely point uh, and in the previous game, he kicked one lovely point. And I think if he's if he's going to progress as a player as a wing halfback, not only does he have to work between the two forty fives, he actually has to get up and kick points rather than just getting up there and laying it off. Like Paddy Dorkins, your archetypical um, super wing halfback, and Paddy could make four attacks, he had attacks in the game, and kick four points. He's just lethal that way. Uh, and Charlie Oga, you know, needs a, uh, 
idolized players like that there and work towards being as good as they are. And good means not only being solid defensively, but actually contributing to the scoreboard when you get up there. So the game has moved that far now that the defenders score more than the than the forwards score. Uh, and that's not that's not an unusual part. It happened with Armagh at the weekend. Armagh forwards, uh, by comparison, were very very quiet. They kicked two points from play. The first, the front six, kicked two points from play. Uh, some of the subs scored, and then you know, the rest of the scores came from the defence. And that's not an unusual pattern. But if you're going to make the effort uh, to get up there, you need to be kicking the ball over the bar. And but I'm only using Jarrell as an example. Uh, he's come on a long way in a couple of years. And I actually think. We might have found a new role for him, uh, the best place for him. Uh, but there are others in the same same trajectory, you know. Uh, and we'll see this Armagh team grow further this year, hopefully, uh, under some you know success with the championship. I think that's that's critical in in order for you to develop as a as a team and and to rightfully claim your place in the top four. You have to be winning championship matches, and you have to be you have to win in championship competitions. Um, so we need to progress from being good league teams to to being very strong championship contenders. And just on Stephen Campbell, because he's been such a star for him uh, during the past, is the super sub the role you see Stephen playing this year? I think that will be the role he'll play. Uh, I really enjoy Stephen. I think he's a, he's a magnificent footballer. He adds a wee bit of sparkle and he will score and he, he'll look for that scoring opportunity. He came on the weekend, he scored a point. Uh, the last day he came on, he scored two points. Uh, and he'll do that. Um, I, I, think, I think probably given that he's been around quite a few years, uh, does he have the stamina of the last 80 minutes? I actually don't think he does. Um, um, you know, But when he's on, he contributes something and, and maybe is it better for him to score two points early on and fade out of the game or should he come on late in the game and uh, and win, score two points when Alman need him most? So I think he's probably going to be a super sub. Yeah. And Davey, as John mentions there, it's been real progression for Armagh. They could find themselves in the league final if Kildare do a job on Mayo um, at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And in fairness to Armagh, they're one of the few counties that have really backed their man and backed Geezer and given them the time necessary because there's been a number of hairy years there, in fairness. And um, there was very, uh, John and Namar, but there was very little. I didn't hear too much rumours or too much, you know, hassle going on up there about managing changes and all the different stuff that you see going on all over the place. And, you know, and it's just not helpful to anybody. So, um, um, no, in fairness, Armagh are absolutely heading in the right direction. Uh, they're a threat to all. I would agree. They're not. I don't see them as. I don't see them as top two. Definitely not. Uh, maybe top four, top six, but I don't see them as top two at the minute. I think their uh, conditioning levels and uh, while they're improving every year, I don't see them at Mayo or Kerry's level of, or even her own probably a level of condition just yet. Um, but uh, you know, absolutely heading in the right direction. Real set team, and I, I, I would absolutely agree. But Charlie Oga wing back there looks to be a right find. That young Mac in the midfield. Um, I really think they're they're heading in the right direction, yeah. John, the goalkeeping one has been interesting for you. Like Ethan Raftery obviously came into the squad as a midfielder and now the last few games and maybe looks to have secured this goalkeeping um position for Armagh, but did it come to a su- surprise to the general Armagh people to see him in goals this year? Well, you know, he, he, he's just trend of an outside player, an outfield player playing in goals. Ethan's a, f- a fabulous footballer in his own right. Uh, you know, dead of his leisure, he kicked balls over from 45 yards all day long, on both feet. Uh, probably lacked 
a wee bit of pace though for the modern game, maybe a bit of fitness. Uh, and he's coming to the end of his career, I would say, you know, in terms of ability to play outfield. So he was given the opportunity to do nets and, and he's grabbed it at both hands. Did I say it coming? Honestly, no. I thought, uh, you know, the goalkeeper had had cemented his place. There's not a, a great appetite for goals uh, around the county. There's no, there's no outstanding goalkeeper since uh, Paul Herty retired and, and Benny Tierney before him. Uh, and I suppose they're, they're a high threshold, they're a high benchmark to meet, both those guys. Uh, but Ethan has a lot of strengths. You know, he's that physical presence in there, long high balls, uh, which is an advantage over, uh, you know, the, the, the sub-goalie now. Uh, and his kick-out is generally finding his man. Now, that was the same, I have to say, with the last goalkeeper. And that's why I have sympathy for him, because I felt that it was against, I think, Monaghan, yeah. yeah, and uh, our, our forwards or our defence, sorry, our midfielders just weren't making the runs. Monaghan boxed them in, uh, had the space covered, and the guys weren't running. And he was he was exposed, and actually didn't think it was his fault. I thought it was the outfield ball. But then you know, the decision was made. I think for Ethan then to win, possibly in the Mayo match was that the first match, and uh, you know he, he's been there since, and he's doing relatively well, relatively well. You know he's confident in the ball coming out. I would argue probably uh, he needs to sit in a bit more. Uh, you know, the, the, the speed of thought out the field, the speed of movement, the people's presence of mind has to be so crisp and sharp that if you're not playing on a week week on week out, week in week out basis, you're not primed for that, and you're going to be caught. You're going to be exposed. And I think Ethan looks a bit shaky coming out myself, uh, and maybe he'll grow in confidence as the year goes on. Uh, so it was, it was a bold decision. It hasn't backfired. Let's say. Has it made? Has it benefited the team? Well, it's 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 one of those fifty fifty calls. I can't say it with any certainty. I don't know, Dave. Have you seen it different to that? No, <clears throat> I think the big bigger test will come. Uh, I do think Blaine was uh, was very unfortunate against Monaghan. I think Monaghan are a very seasoned team and really put the squeeze on the press on that day, and and, and he suffered ultimately on the back of that. And you were there, so you would have seen the lack of movement more than we would have seen on the TV. So, um. And um, yeah, I think Blaine's probably carrying the can for a few outfielders, maybe maybe shying away from the ball because uh, Monaghan got a big lead there. And you know yourself, some lads go hiding when they don't want the ball, and you know yeah. things aren't going your way in a game. So uh, it was a big call. I I would rather my goalkeeper playing week on week out in goals. Uh, I like an outfielder. I, I just think you need to be doing one or the other. And um, I, I I think when the bigger tests come in Ulster, I would fear for for Eden might 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 struggle. Yeah, see, we see Armagh got off to a great start with Dublin and Drolan victories, and then went into Monaghan and were really, really flat again. Yeah. Monaghan, really flat. And Monaghan, as you rightly point out, Davey, are, are a seasoned team. They're hard to beat. They're 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 tough, wily men, uh, and have 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 scraped a, a you know a first division football in Ulster now for many or in in the national league for many many years when people thought they were going down, and they'll be fighting it this year again. And I I just don't think. Um, in that day, uh, Armagh could have been a bit for 10 points. They did exceptionally well to come back into the game. Uh, and yet, Monon should, Monon should have won, won the match. Yeah. So, Armagh were incredibly flat. And to lose your goalkeeper uh, on a performance on that day where everybody else is poor, he probably feels a wee bit aggrieved by it. But as I say, it's, it's just a tough call a manager has to make. And that's what that's, that's Kieran's job. Yeah. That's what he's there to do. And John, with potentially Division 1 uh, league final on the line 
it obviously would be massive for Armagh to get to one and, and experience a league final with a big crowd in Crow Park before the championship because in Division One. Yeah, listen, you know we we we're craving success. We haven't had success now. I, I can't remember when we last won Ulster. We might have won it uh, on our way out, maybe around two thousand and nine or something out there. It's it's been a long time. Uh, so and and Armagh people are really really patient, you know. Uh, but they still remember the good old days when we were winning matches on a more regular basis, and we're not winning now. So any chance to get the Crow Park, any chance to win, would be would be important. But like as I said earlier. In terms of development, it's not the most important thing for me. We need to move to actually winning championship matches when it matters most, when everybody's at the right, you know, level of fitness, uh, at the right pitch, and, um, and you're up against the best players on that day. We need to be winning them matches. So for me, we've achieved what we needed to achieve: stay in Division One, be competitive, compete with the best. Uh, league final status would be great, absolutely great. But the priority for me now is turning to championship football. And just on the um, next game, lads, we'll have a look at Dublin, Donegal, uh, Dublin, 2.15, Donegal, uh, 2.11. Uh, Davey, Dublin were a bit shaky at the start, but once they got that goal from Niall Scully in the first half, they weren't really looking back in this contest. No, yeah, yeah. In fairness to Donegal, they rattled them early on. Uh, they went, they go one four to two up or one three to two up anyway. One five um, four as well at one stage. Yeah, so so in fairness to them, yeah. Now Scully's finish was exceptional. I thought it was very cool, calm finish, and uh, that. So yeah, they, they they absolutely kicked on from there. And to be honest, they never looked like being beaten from there. I think it was um, they had Donegal at arms length from that point on. And even if you let's be honest about it, Paddy's goal was. Was 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 poxed, you know. It was it was a point a shot, a shot for a point that obviously dropped short. And the keeper was caught, you know. So um, look, I I I'm not sure. Dublin absolutely looked to be improving. Uh, I'd say they're probably not that happy that they didn't put Donegal away. Uh, you know, to get back to four points near the end, the McBurdy shot at, at the end could have brought it to a one point game or two point game, which probably disappointed Dublin a small. But I would have imagined, um, you know, they should really be putting Donegal away there, a team who are in a bit of bother looking at from where I look at it, they're, they're a team that look like a little bit of trouble. And uh, Dublin should really be putting them away, which would probably give Monaghan little little uh, spurts of life for Nick for this weekend up a clone is that uh Dublin couldn't put but um Dublin couldn't put this Donegal team to the sword in Croker. So I think Monaghan now will be will be will be you know thinking that we might have a chance here last year. So um yeah, look, a lot of huge positives for Dublin. Dave McCarthy back. He, he is, he is, in my opinion, probably the best, probably the best ever. Maybe he's right up there anyway. And uh, he just commands all around him. His leadership, his just excels. He's he's a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete, player, leader, everything. You know, and uh, I think he just carries the team with him. And look at Simon's even winning the penalty. It wouldn't be like Michael Simon's not be that high up the field, but still in the right area. Gets on a ball at a key moment, bang, game over. Go six up, a game over. So. Uh, you know, really, again, Merchant come on with real pace for the last couple of minutes and really pushed on again. Like, they've done all this without John Small. So, you know, they, they, they really are uh, coming together. And for me, the biggest change in Dublin in the last two weeks has been Conor Costello. I think he's elite. I think he looks really energised. I think he looks really sharp. He looks hungry. He's doing both sides of the ball. He's dangerous. He's scoring. But he's tracking back. He got a huge turnover yesterday as well. And uh, he looks he looks like a fella now that's really at the top of his game. And I think Cormac probably missed out a bit on the glory years. I know he came off the bench that day and kicked three points. I mean, no in the All-Ireland final. I know he's, he was contributed. But I think Cormac has a bit of confidence in maybe 
arrogance that he wants to be main man and he wants to be you know in the start of 15 and all Ireland winning team and um, I, 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 he looks a man to me that's really hungry and for me he's a game changer for someone. You and particularly you put Conor Callahan beside him uh, in a couple of months now they're they're right back right back to where they were so uh, for me they've plenty to go uh, they need Evan Comfort back I thought Shield. now I think he was a late replacement but banging every ball down the middle I'm not sure that'll work later in the year even in, in, in Leinster Kevin Feely will only, he love that. If you found every ball down the middle on top of him, uh, you know, they'll struggle there. So I'd imagine it was just a tactic for data was in it just to let every ball out the middle, you know. But uh, definitely making strides. Um, but I would be slightly concerned they didn't put Donegal away. I thought they should have, like Dublin we know, would have, would, have, would have put Donegal to bed, you know. They're getting their men back, Davey, aren't they? And, and as these key men come back, you can see them starting to solidify as a team. And, uh, yeah. and, and maybe... You know, I think when they were playing earlier in the year, there's so many new and fresh faces that that it become it becomes a team that actually is not really the Dublin team. It just becomes you know a, a new another county team that people didn't fear. But whenever you add in like James and Con and and boys that got there, uh, suddenly then you can see the confidence that you know that them boys are so good that yeah. they can deliver on the big day. And and it's, it, then maybe you might actually see the, the, these other young lads coming through. And, and being more impactful than they are because it's, it's, it's a bit unfair taking all those key men out of your squad and expect them to, to perform in the same way that, that that those guys have done for 10 or 15 years. Yeah. It's just not the same team. Like, as you team. said, it is. And, and we, but we still expect the same standards and expectations yeah. from them. Whereas you look at Kilkenny and, and Murch, uh, not Murch, Kilkenny and Fenton were probably two mainstays in that they, they played every round and every minute of every round. But they, I never thought I would have said this, but like they looked, average and ordinary for the first couple of rounds of the league, them two boys. And they're the furthest thing from ordinary yeah, players. Yeah. You know, two absolutely fantastic players. And um but when they would when the support around them were obviously inexperienced young guys, they you know they they they, they fall back into the crowd like the rest. But yeah. now you add Merchant, Small, McCarthy, all in beside them, Costello, you know, now you're talking Robbie McDade is another player who's really goes under the radar in Dublin, but he's a very, very important player for that team, you know. Even Tom Lehip now the midfield Looks like a big find for them. He's not probably cut out for wing back, whereas midfield he seems to be much more having much more of an influence in the game. So yeah. I look there, they're 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 a serious player in this championship. And I'd say they're only banking every word of what's been written about them. I'd say they're it's huge motivation for this. And again, it's a new Dublin side. Like it, it is a new side, you know, and, and look, that's what I'm saying about Costello being one of the main men now. Honda's only 25 or 6, you know, so they are, it is coming, like McCarthy probably has one good goal left in them, you know, Rock probably has one good goal left in them, and then all of a sudden it is a new raft of Dublin boys coming through now. Yeah, is one of those guys that, um, as you say, he's a household name, everybody knows him, and yet he, he hasn't been able to establish his place in the team, so we, we all, I think we all believe he's as good as he is, I wonder, looking at it from, from, from where I stand, does he actually believe it himself? Because uh, I think I think sometimes maybe he just lacks that bit of confidence to deliver the way he needs to. Those big matches that he's, he's started and, and taken off, and it does have its toll on you psychologically. Uh, you know, it, it's not for the want of ability. There's no doubt about it. He, he's got huge ability. I th- I just think he needs somebody to believe in him. I think you know, if the management believe in him and let him play the days he's poor. Uh, just to ride it right through the storm and get his his confidence uh, back. I think he actually could be one of the top performers in the summer. You know what seems to have helped him? I I think is the free taking. They taken yeah. it. You know, it's gone now. And obviously Dean is there, and that's his bread and butter. But I I I 
I definitely don't think it helped him. Like to be days in Leinster, he kicked one ten or from you know, never no problem. But I just felt on the big day, sometimes it worked against him and his head would go early if he missed a handy one or he missed an early one. And I just didn't think it was doing him any favours at all. So I think he needs Rock to dovetail alongside him there to to keep Costello from open play with his work rate, with his scoring ability, with his dangerous. He's even very direct. You know, you imagine Con Costello and Paddy Small on the inside line. Jesus, they're the three of the most direct forwards in the country, you know, and um, they just take you on, look for goals every time. So, uh it, it, it keeps the freeze away from him, I think, and you have a very confident, you know, uh, like the first championship match starts next, n- not next week, it's the week after, isn't it? Uh, again, yeah. Monaghan, there's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, that's that's like that's a relegation battle. Oh, it's this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, yeah, that's a 27th, it is. That's a that's a huge relegation battle. Uh, and like Monaghan, as, as we mentioned earlier, they're a seasoned team too, they'll not want to lose uh, their last game at home. To be relegated, this is a big, big day out for Monaghan, um, uh, and it comes no bigger for Dublin as well. This is this is going to be a cracker, like. Um, and Monaghan, looking to run to Galway last year, came from behind in, in in normal time and in extra time to sink Galway last year. Yeah. Monaghan won't go down as bad as they looked yesterday and as poor as they were yesterday. They won't. They they'll, they'll go down swinging, or you know, they they oh, are a wily wily team, and and and. And that's what I'm saying. They'll be clinging on to the fact, why didn't Dublin put Donegal to bed? Why didn't they put them away? So I think Monaghan will go in here thinking they have a chance, some chance. Yeah. Uh, whoever wins that one will probably avoid relegation. And then that's where a Tyrone, Donegal, or Kildare could be thrown back into if a result doesn't go their way. John, um, there's big questions really about Donegal over this league. Um, there's the big question... Where did they play Michael Murphy? Did they keep him inside? They kicked one ball long. He he got the goal excellently. And like we see they have been trying to keep the ball a lot and work it into the scoring positions. And that maybe has surrounded a bit of negativity around uh Donegal. Where do where do you feel they're at at the moment? Yeah, they're a frustrating team to watch sometimes. Um they have huge size, they're physically very, very powerful. And clearly they're very, very fit, you know, and they have a lot of they have a lot of potential. They're just not playing well. Uh, and they've really struggled all year. And and you know, I think they fed into the whole myth that uh, they're they're a better team with Murphy uh, and that they can't play without Murphy. Because I don't think that's true at all. I think Murphy's, you know, he's he's one of the best players of the, of the of his generation. There's no doubt about that. But they have huge potential across that whole team. Huge potential across that team. Uh, and I, I, I just think they need to uh, uh, you know go ahead and get drunk some night, have a have, relax, chill out a wee bit. I think they're just too serious and too structured, too the, the, everything seems forced and coordinated and organized and, and structured and nothing is off the cuff. You know, you, you, they run forward, McBurdy comes late, gets the ball, kicks the ball over the bar. If you track McBurdy and don't worry about the ball carrier, McBurdy doesn't get the ball, they don't score. You know, um um the the the, 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 the bit of creativity that they had. Uh, that McHugh and that used to bring doesn't seem to be there it's lacking a wee bit and when you play Murphy on the square well then you know what they're going to do they're going to play a long ball in and it's, it's his physical presence is one of those things it's not it's not his his his, his agility or his his, his 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 movement that that you know we talked about Kerry earlier the movement that they have inside it's his physical presence that wins that and that can be counteracted and counteracted quite easily so I don't know whether playing Murphy on the square on a regular basis uh, is the best tactic for them. It does give them a, a point, of, uh, f- a focus point, and they can play the ball through. And, and, and uh, you know, we can people can sort of feed off break balls and stuff. But 
for them to, to, to win matches, they need Murphy with the ball in his hand. They need him creating things. They need him, they need him getting on the end of, of soft uh, you know, layoffs and kicking points. So they do. They need him putting teams on the pressure by his running, his physical presence running. So you can't stop men like that, you know. Um, so put him in, yeah, five minutes, take him back out, put him in, you know, whatever. But he needs he needs more ball, he needs on the ball, he needs to make things happen. Leaving him inside and hoping that he gets a goal. Like he might get one goal in the championship. He not get one goal a match. It's just not the way it, it doesn't work like that. And he, he's had a few injuries now for a few years. And that tells you that either he uh, is, is constantly carrying injuries or he can't maintain his fitness to a level that it keeps breaking down. Uh, so Murphy's not, uh, you know, the Murphy that we know is not at 100%. Because uh, uh, if he was, we, we wouldn't, he wouldn't be having these issues. He wouldn't be missing as many matches. Uh, and therefore, Donny Gall have to figure out how to win matches without him. And, you, and then he comes in and he, he's the real sort of icing on top of the cake, you know, Whenever he performs, he performs well, and they win matches. Happy days. Davy, as as well, they're obviously down Langan and Thompson at the minute, but I suppose we do see a lot of their scores coming from distance. McBeerty scoring, I suppose these trademark scores, but are they too predictable in attack? Yeah, I think they're far too predictable in attack. And John just nailed it. If you, you know, shadowing the runner and you know, take the runner up the field and don't don't suck your second and third man into him and, you know, stick with McBearty coming in the loop and you, if you check and stop him coming, well, who's, who is going to score for them? Uh, you know, when Murphy's not on the field, who is going to score? Langan is a massive, massive loss for them because he can chip in from wing forward for three points and play handy. Now, he looks like a real, real talent. So he is a big loss and I'm led to believe he will be back to the championship, but they're absolutely very one-dimensional. Adam Ogan, Ombon. Ryan McHugh, they all do the same thing. You know, they're all ball carriers, strong, athletic, fast young lads. But, um, you know, they, they, there's very little end product. Now, McHugh did kick a good score yesterday, but there's very little end product. How many of them will he kick in a game? You know, I don't, I don't know if Gallagher has ever kicked a score. You know, there's, there's, um, there's the very same thing. They're too much of the same, I think. And uh, it's not, uh, you know, it's not, it's, it's not, uh, it's just not, not working for them at the minute. One other point I'd say on Donegal, though, Paul, is, I, I honestly believe a change of management was needed at the, at, the, at the end of last year. And I know the Declan had to put his hand up to uh, to re-interview or whatever for his own job. And I don't think that's ever good when you have to go that far. But he nobody nobody challenged, nobody went for the job. So I don't know, like Donegal's a huge football in county with a huge tradition. And it's not a great, it's not a great, uh, you know, look from the outside that if nobody wants the job or, you know, nobody's putting their hand up for the job. And again, I said it before, but Donegal club football, it's a poor brand of football. It's very, very defensive. It's all about getting 14, 15 behind the ball and then counter, counter attacking. And so that's when the own bonds, that's when the Ryan McHugh's really come into their own because they're turning lads over and they're breaking hard up the field. And, you know, whereas I'm not sure that that's when the football's gone at, at this level. At senior, the county that football, that, that, that football's gone. It's two transitions now. You attack and you defend together as a unit, you know. And um, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's uh, conducive to winning all Ireland's anymore. And I just think they look like a stale team. I think they look like a team that uh, is is bereft of ideas, which is strange because you know uh, Rochford would be known for throwing things. Look at Ryan McHugh full forward two weeks ago, you know against their own, but like Conor Myler handily, I'd say handily looked after him and bomb forward from from full back, you know. So what really did they gain from that? Nothing, you know. So uh, yeah, for me they're a team in real real trouble. Um, now 
I will say it'd be very interesting to see Armagh's mentality this weekend. What if Armagh got to play for very little? Maybe the league final, yes, there is a chance of a league final there, yeah. Um, but uh, what, what if they got to play for really? What team will they put out? Will Gies or risk anyone? He doesn't need to risk. Uh, you know, there'll be all these different different things. Conversation. So, and again, it's in Letterkenny. Tony Goddard, decent side at home. Um, and they play each other in four weeks in the championship. Yeah, so, so look, are, you to, are you going to show your hand? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We cat and mouse, you know. Yeah. Now, I will say, I will say, Donegal want to stay in Division One. Nobody wants. I, I don't think Donegal want to go to Division Two. They were there a number of years ago. Uh, so I do think it's a far bigger game for Donegal. I do. Th- I think Donegal need to get Michael Murphy more minutes. So I think Donegal will will put their team out or or, or very close to their team out. Whereas uh, Armagh, I would say, will look after a few more boys with one eye. Whereas in league's job done now for Armagh. You know, at the end of the day, it's job done. Yeah. Unless they get one more run at Croker, it's job done. So uh, I think Donegal probably still will have enough for this weekend. But in four weeks' time, I know I know who I do have money on, you know. Yeah. I suppose the thing is, you have to bear in mind, is that Kildare, Kildare play Mayo. Yeah. And uh, like Kildare, poor price, you know, by standards. The high standards that set in Division One, Kildare are, are, are disappointing. They were disappointing against Armagh, certainly very, very poor. I thought against Armagh, um, and like I, I would be very surprised not knowing what, like Mayo. We don't know whether Mayo wants to play in the league final or not. We, we genuinely don't know. Uh, but if they do, uh, particularly I think it's at home in Mayo. No, it's uh, in Carrick and Shannon. They've no home ground at the minute. Oh, is it? Oh, oh right, is it? Right, okay. So that that might that might be different. But like Kildare will be going down to try and win that match. Uh, if Mayo want to play in the league final, they'll also want to win that match. And, and like if you th- when you think about the top teams, they want to play each other four weeks out from the championships with the test themselves. Kerry will do it. Kerry want to be in the league final because they've nothing in, in Munster to compete against. Uh, yeah. Mayo really need to get their, their 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 house in order and put up a fairly decent first fifteen so that they can get ready for, for Galway, because Galway's looking pretty decent, boys. Mm. Uh, they look a fairly formidable side, and they're getting that swagger back that, that we all loved about the great Galway team at the early yeah. business. Uh, so I think Mayo need to Mayo need to put up a fairly decent... Uh, they need to get to, I think they need to get to the league final, and I think they need to put up a fairly decent performance to prepare themselves for the Connacht Championship. I've said this previously about Killian O'Connor. You know, he still hasn't been mapped, and... and, and, and... I'm getting. I was concerned two weeks ago. I'm definitely concerned now. He, uh, you know, Mayo really need to get to a league final. Are you, are you telling me Killian O'Connor is going to come in against Galway, having played no competitive minutes in 18, 20 months? Yeah. Uh, you know, no matter what challenge games you're playing, no matter what in-house games you're playing, you just can't get to that level. So for me, you know, Killian needs to play this weekend in 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes this weekend, and then with, with the view just coming on a half time in the league final or something along those lines. You know, to get him more minutes. Whereas. If Mayo's end of the road this weekend, O'Connor doesn't feature. But for me, I don't think he's playing against Galway personally. I think there's a, there must be something going on that we don't know about. You know? John, we heard Pat Spillane reference um, on the Sunday game last night about maybe question marks over Mayo's efficiency in attack. We've seen Ryan O'Donoghue. He's been the main man. He's got the majority of the scores. Killian O'Connor hasn't come back yet. But... Is there a concern in attack um, for Mayo? Like, I suppose only scoring nine points on uh, Saturday night and the following week, well, I don't know who kicking half of Mayo scores from freeze. There's no doubt about it. If you want to win championship football, if you want to win the, you know, the top teams, you have to have a very uh, high potent full forward line where you're getting scores in the inside line all the time. It, these teams that are scoring 
have, have, have good scores from outside the sort of scoring zone will will net you important points, absolutely. And and Donegal score well out there. Um, you know, Kerry have the scores outside, but they're also a potent inside line. Um uh, Monaghan will will shoot quite a bit from outside as well and get points, but they're not they don't have a full forward or a corner forward who are scoring regularly inside that small square and getting goal threats. And if you don't have that, you can't win championship football. Doing with important matches. Uh, and that's what concerns me about, about Mayo, seeing we're talking about Mayo, is that they do they do score quite heavily from running up the field, overlaps, they score from distance, but equally so they miss as many from distance. And the reason why they, they're not winning some of the key championship matches, in my view, is because they're not getting that extra pass to get inside to get those scores where it's a higher percentage shot and maybe the chance of a goal score. And if you don't do that, when the pressure comes on and the good solid defences are in place, uh, those those shots from further out, even if it's only a yard or two out, the, the percentage chance of kicking that point over the bar reduces dramatically. So it does. And I think that's what's going to happen Leo. I think they need, to, they need to have that inside line that's threatening, that's going to buy goals. And Tommy, Tommy Conroy's nickname is Tommy Goals. So yeah. that'll tell you, that pace, the power he had, you know, I seen him in 2018 uh, in an under-20 Mayo, and he was still the same player, but he had no conditioning done at that stage, or very little yeah. conditioning. Whereas now he's a big, strong, physical man, and and he could he could pass players out and create them overlaps and create them goal chances. You're talking about Tony, yeah. John, and they haven't got they haven't got you know who's to replace that. You know, I see Paul Towie come in there at 11. You see, John McDonough obviously got injured there. You, you know. You see these other lads, they just don't seem to have the same level. Aiden Orm, good players, good club players, but I'm not sure they're at the same level as, as the likes of that. So, uh, yeah, it, it could be more of the same, but I just do think um, their bench could overpower teams. I do think they're a very, very deep squad. And and depending on how he uses O'Shea, McLaughlin, you know, even Owen McLaughlin, as well as Kevin McLaughlin, you know, haven't seen much of him yet. Uh, they still would have a very, very strong bench there. I think that when teams are tiring, they could overpower them. You know. Yeah, oh, they definitely, they definitely have. Uh, like O'Shea has moved to centre backs, uh, an interesting move. I actually think it's, I, I'm quite excited by that. I think it could be, it could be real potential in that. If you, uh, like he's a superb tackler, he's a oh, huge, yeah. big monster of a man. Uh, you can't get past him, and he's, he, I think if he can sort of block that central hole and stop teams running through there. That could be very effective for, for Mayo. They have they have leaked goals. They do struggle sometimes with the runners coming through. So I, th- I think he's, that's a very innovative move that might work in their favour. Yeah, it could do. And the only thing we'll say in four weeks' time, if I knew Aidan O'Shea was starting six, I'd have Shane Walsh 11. That's what nah. I'd be doing. Nah. So, uh, and make up your mind now, lads, what you want to do. You know, that kind of way. So, um, um, uh, even for Peter Hart's... Uh, Peter Hart scored like the wonder score where he chipped it up and dummied him. O'Shea actually made a brilliant block tackle just prior to that play at the D to break it. And then it was just genius by Hart to do what he done. But um, uh, O'Shea is a serious tackler, big physical man. But yeah, if he's going to drop off an 11, you need to be make sure it's the right man you're dropping off. Yeah. Peter Hart's in top form at the minute, isn't he? Yeah, he's some player. Exhibition yeah. on Saturday night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I'm just tied for time, Paul. I have to go to uh, kids on the rates train, so I'm going to have to let you go with that. Yeah, that's no problem at all. All right, Dave, good to meet up. Hey, John, cheers. See you. Just on Hart, uh, Davy, on Saturday night, like it was a real exhibition, really, just as I said there. Ah, 
he was phenomenal. I think I seen on Twitter someone calling him the Ginger Messi or the, so the GA Messi or so. My God, he was. Um, I think that would have been Kyle Noni actually who, who said it. Man, he was a fair, fair talent himself. So, um, ah, yeah, he and he didn't play. It was strange after he got the red card. He didn't play the following weekend or two weeks prior after that when so he played Kildare after the Armagh game without the four lads. And then the following weekend they had. Tony Gall, as far as I'm aware, and he didn't uh, didn't feature at all that day, even though his name was started, whatever was going on there. And then uh, he was exceptional. He was absolutely exceptional. He, he and he was playing in the forward line, and but his directness, his ability to cut back and find space, uh, I thought he was exceptional. And uh, two feet, and ah, uh, look, he's 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 top top class. It's great to see him at that level. I think, to be honest with you, I think he needs a few more of his teammates to find his level because um, Basler McCurry, you know, Kieran McGeary. They don't seem to be operating at the level they were a number of months ago. So um, uh, I, I, I think Hart and Myler are really playing. And, and Con, I think Con Kilpatrick's really playing at a very, very high level. Um, but I think there's not enough of them. Yeah, like similar to that, it was a good victory for Tyrone to get, which in the end could be huge for their survival in Division 1. But overall, like it wasn't... A great performance by Mayo. Like they were slow and ponderous, really, in attack at stages, and like just towards that end, they just hung on. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a poor game of football. If I'm being honest with you, I I, I um I did. I, yeah, I thought. Look, the Tyrone should have been home and hosed, and uh, and and again, Mayo with half a team out really put them to pin on the collar in the second half. Took the late score by Canavan to. Pushed them too clear, but um, yeah, I, I didn't think, and even even at that, Jack Harney had a shot in the last minute to could have won it for Mayo, you know. So um, um, yeah, I, I I'm not sure. It's hard to know what Mayo are doing though, Paul. To be honest, with you. Yeah. I'm not sure what they're at. And James Horn's playing with fire a little bit, as myself and John were talking about there. Are you better off knowing your team and playing your team week after week with repetition and cohesion and and, and your familiarity and everything you're doing, or are you know, trying to be too uh, too smart here? They, and I, I don't know the answer to this, so I'm not um, I'm not uh, picking on James Horn or any far from it. But I'm just wondering when is he going to play as fifteen? Um, and uh, not only that, um, what, like if they don't make the league final, yeah, it, it, what your fifteen going to play in a couple of challenge games? Is it or, or what are they going to play in? So uh, I, I I am not sure what's going on. Um, I know there's a lot of other managers in the in the country who weren't very happy with Horn with his team selection. I'd say the last day, yeah, they, they threw, the, threw the league wide open, I think, and the, the relegation scenario particularly wide open. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going on, but Tyrone definitely have work to do. Um, Ulster this year, Paul, I'm not 100% certain. I think Donegal are in a bit of trouble. We were talking about Conor McKenna's best position, but Conor McKenna wasn't on the 26th against Mayo like it's I know last year he was left out but it's still like he's a player you feel who needs a league campaign yeah from coming over from AFL a few years ago yeah and he was in and out a little bit last year and he, and again again a bit this year um a little bit in and out this year again and it's hard to know I was expecting him to come home a wing back wing forward but he seems to be playing 11 a lot and look he was very very good in in in, in the All Ireland final he was very very good last year so he obviously retains his ability, you see his pace and, it, it, you know, he has a football ability but you would imagine the more decisions and the more game time that fella gets, you'd only imagine the better he gets. So, it's very hard to know again with Tyrone, they weren't starting Mike Shane, they, you know, now he seems to be in 14 and, and nailed on there but he was in and out before that. So, it's hard to really know what teams are doing. 
our, our management deciding with Clifford, etc. Right now is a chance to take a break. Are they giving some of their key players a weekend off, telling them, look, let's head off there, but you don't need to travel or you don't need to be part of this this weekend, you're back in for next weekend. Maybe that's what some managements are doing at the minute. And again, who are we to question, you know, and it's our own management who, who know of an all Ireland medal in the back pocket, you know. So uh, it's hard to know what's going on there. I do think he'll end up as their 11. Um, if things go right for him, I think he'll end up as their 11, yeah. And the other game in um, Division 1, uh, your own county, Kildare, racking up 24 points, dealt a massive hammer blow before the game with Daniel Flynn ruled out and Paddy Woodgate comes in. Like, a massive... Uh, performance yesterday by Kildare to rack up that score without their key talisman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 24 points is is, is, is some kicking in National League and Newbridge, which is a tight pitch against a very good, historically very good team, defensive team in Monaghan. Um, you, you could not be impressed with that. I think, uh, best of my knowledge, maybe 20 of them were from play, Paul, which is serious, serious kicking. Like, real, that takes some kicking now, in fairness. And look at the lads, Dara Kerwin, five from play, Jimmy kicked six. McCormick kicked three from centre forward. You know, Paddy Woodgate kicked three as far as I'm aware. Like, real, real talented forwards. Now, we're blessed in Kildare with real, real genuine forwards. Dangerous players who who have an eye for goal and an eye for a score. And we, for a number of years, we didn't have that. You know, we never really had the out-and-out genuine forwards. And even, we haven't even mentioned Daniel, you know. And obviously, Daniel was out yesterday. And he, um, sometimes, though, it's hard to know with, with, with Daniel. He, he, as we said previously, mixes the brilliant with the bizarre. And, and, and sometimes, you know, do other players get disillusioned? Or, do, you know, what happens to other lads? Do they play below? Is it, is it kind of like one of them, Paul? You ever see a club team, if your county man or your star man doesn't have his best mm. day, what does that do to the rest of you? Does it drop your morale? Or, or, you know, it's hard to answer that. Whereas it looked to me yesterday like Kildare nearly upped their game, them other forwards. They nearly improved for the absence of Daniel. And um, maybe it was a case of, look, he, our star man's not here today. We need to up our game. Or maybe it was a case that they're a more cohesive unit without him. You know, it, it's, it's hard to know. And that uh, <laughs> I know all them guys are all in around 23 to 25 bracket. They'd all feel, you know, the weight. They'd all feel the responsibility of making sure this goes right. Correct decision-making. And they'd be coachable lads. I would wonder, you know, did they kind of feel, right, we need to step up here big time. We need to make sure this works so it's not after the game that, oh, look, their last by point, but sure they didn't have Daniel. You know that kind of. I I, I think Jimmy Highland and them boys are too good of footballers, too astute football men to uh, allow that happen. So ultimately, twenty four points against Monaghan in a very tight pitch uh, is some going, and, and it only bodes well. And I was interested to hear what John. It's pretty pretty had to go. I was interested to hear what John was saying about their um not their standards being poor, etc. Because I would love to hear him develop on it. it. It seems to be very clear that Kildare's home. Newbridge is a, is becoming a bit of a fortress, uh, but their record on the road is is is, is poor, very poor. Like they were Does that very make poor. it more important to get a result against yeah. Mayo this weekend, just to get a result on the road? Yeah. Because even if you're looking at the championship as an overall, their aim will be to win Leinster, but if they don't, they could end up on a qualifier on the road, or even if they're to progress into a quarter final or something yeah. like that. I'm, I, I'm not sure because Kildare never had any problems in qualifiers or any qualifiers at Paulish or Navin or Croker or anywhere. You know, we never we never had too many issues or Tullamore or whatever. Now, obviously, we won our fair share, lost our fair share, whatever it was, but I didn't think it was home or away that, but that, that decided that. 
the new management have clearly put a huge emphasis on a new bridge. And it looks to me like there's been a few pounds spent as a new um, sound system. There's it's a real it's a real day out now. And Kildare playing a new bridge, you, you need to be there two hours before throw in. You know, the stand is full, the terraces are full. It, it's a fair, you know, and, and it's it's brilliant to see as a Kildare man. It's great to see. So it makes it a cauldron and it's a very, very tight pitch. Until you're out in Newbridge, you don't realise how tight the pitch is and uh, Kildare have it down to a, a fine art how to play there. And it takes other teams as it, did you go 6 nil up against uh, Monaghan? I think they did. So, yeah, um, six, six yeah, like you go six nil up, you know, like it's, the race is nearly over, you know. So, uh, so in fairness, Monin and Fristel finding their feet, probably adjusting from playing in Clonus to to Newbridge, which is some difference. So, absolutely, doesn't make this weekend a must win. Um, well, look, just for 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 safety reasons and to stay yeah. in Division One, they would be. I don't think uh, qualifiers or anything. Because they don't have any problem traveling. I think the National League is a little bit different. Oh. You know, I, I, qualifiers, etc. You'd imagine will be in neutral venues and. You don't have any issue with any of that stuff. It's, it's um, purely the National League, the home and away is, is, is hugely important. We were talking about the um, inside line of air um, a week or two ago, and we are saying, like, who's going to miss out? Because Kerwin was obviously coming back from Nace. Paddy Woodgate puts in a performance that you can't drop him for really yesterday. So, and then you have Jimmy Island in there, of course. Them three players playing so well. Do you try and move one of them out at half or try and move Flynn? Because, like, if you have four attackers like that, plus McCormick, Fergus Conway, like, the, even Kevin O'Callaghan's been there as well. Like, like, there is headaches for this management to seek. Do they fit them all in? Or There is um, huge headaches. And, look, Paddy Woodgate was always, um, you know, I had Paddy in 18. He's an exceptional talent, real hard worker, uh, beautiful left foot on him as well. Some striker from football. Kick pass, can shoot, take freeze. Size is probably the only thing that holds him back. But other than that, he's well able. Uh, he was always going to be the one that would lose out, rightly or wrongly. And I, I probably wrongly, but he was always going to be Jimmy wasn't going to go. Dan wasn't going to go unless enforced. And so Daryl was coming back in, you know. So it looked like Paddy was the one to drop out. But now, now, as you said yourself, Paddy was exceptional yesterday. You know, Paddy really was exceptional. The hard yards that man done and chipped in with his fair share as well. You know, it, it, there's some seriously tough conversations come up this week in, in, in the Kildare management because Jimmy Hyland will be playing, um, Dara Curl will be playing. You know, then that leaves one slot for either Paddy or Dan Flynn, which you never took how we would be having that conversation, you know. And push out the field, I think the man of the match was Ben McCormick. I think that was hands down anyway. I don't think there was... Any argument on that? He'll he'll be at eleven again. Paul Cribben will be at twelve, and then where, 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 Kevin O'Callaghan started uh, wing forward the last day, and I think he'd be the one up for grabs. But where you come into problems, then Paul is conversation me and you have had, and we might get onto it. Galway and Kerry and different teams, but they're set up. If you go try to accommodate five or four to you know five out and out scorers. Where does that leave your mm. transition from attack to defence? Where does that leave you? And I think your boys are starting to cop on. They must be listening to us, Paul, you know? <laughs> so, uh, um, they, uh, where does that leave your forwards? If Kildare want to play Woodgate, Flynn, Kerwin, Highland, and Ben McCormick and the one team that's five shoot scoring forwards, you know, I, uh, uh, where does that leave you? And I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the answer. And it's some headache. Now, for me, one of them is just left out. It has to be make the decision. Uh, leave one of them out and introduce them half time or introduce them whenever you need to introduce them. But um, Neil Flynn has come back into that too, Paul, and they're out and out scoring forward. And where Neil gets shafted is he gets put in wing forward. He's not a relation of a wing forward. He's, not a, he's an out and out 11 or inside player and really talented and has carried that Kildare forward line for a number of years now. 
and he's to come back too. So um, there's big decisions, but isn't it, isn't it great? They're, they're a genuine Division One team. Every genuine Division One team should have six or seven, you know, lads fighting for four jerseys, you know. Yeah, like huge options, as you mentioned there. Uh, Monaghan, I'll put it to you this way, like Monaghan have struggled in the league really since Jack McCarran's got injured. And I think you're really starting to see his absentee in there since the games they've been without him. Yeah, big time. Uh, Jack is always good for scores for Monaghan. He kind of carries a bigger threat than the other guys, even young Mohan there is in. And he carries a bigger threat than a lot of them other guys. And it takes a bit of the focus off Manzi. Whereas, you know, Connor gets tied up far too easily these days because of the lack of threat elsewhere in the forward line. And for me, that's even pushing Connor McCarthy back to wing back was a strange one because, you know, he was he was always a constant threat, right? He doesn't seem to be in his best form and he did score a goal yesterday. But he, um, you know, it was a strange one pushing back there because he did take a defender. He did take a bit of minding. Whereas now he's pushed further out the field and you're again, for me, leaving, leaving McManus further isolated and, you know, I think they scored 112 yesterday, Paul, and McManus kicked nine, eight from freeze. Mohan chipped in with three, and McCarthy kicked the goal. I'm not sure who got the other score, but you know, it's a it's terrible spread. It's a yeah. terrible spread of scores. It's not good enough. It's not going to win you too many Division One or senior in the county championship game. And, um, you know, it's, it, it, I, I don't know, like David Garland was coming through there strong for them. Uh, it was DCU Sigurdsson player of the year two years ago, won the Sigurdsson, burnt it up. And, Hasn't been able to break through, which is strange, yeah. you know. So, so for me, uh, Sean Jones, another good young guy there coming through. Andrew Woods, I haven't seen Aaron Mulligan yet. It just don't seem to be breaking through these guys. And ultimately, they're left looking for Conor McManus with every play and look sure with Pickle Grady and these lads. They're too easy to defend, you know. And like they've won one, drawn two, but like it's 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 been so up and down. Like like even if you take the ones Kildare lost, they've still got the big victories when they mattered. Um and it's just it's just hard hard to know where they're at and they're coming up against a Dublin team this weekend now that there's a bounce on. Yeah, the, the consistency it must be very frustrating for the modern management because their consistency is is really letting them down. Like you know, week on week, you know, they go... And, and you know, another thing that's hurting them is holding the lead. You know, I know they were behind early the last day, but getting in front against Armagh was very bad. And getting clawed back was very, very poor, you know. And getting in front... They've got, they've got in front a number of times and they keep getting clawed back. It's not a... You know, against Cavan when they were caught uh, pre-COVID there, was it? When they were caught in the championship against Cavan, they were six or seven points up and ultimately took the foot off the gas and Cavan knocked them out of the championship. So, um, you know, it really... Uh, it really, it's becoming a trade for them. But their inconsistency, and I wasn't at the Inishkeen game against Kerry, but supposedly that day it was as poor a performance by a Division One team in a, I've seen in a long time. And then they went to Donegal and beat them in Bally Buffet, which no one has done in 12, 12 years. So where's the form line with this team? You know, the, the, it's very hard to get a grasp on them, which is why that would, that would drive me mental now if I was over this team, because I, I, you know, I'd much rather lads give me the same each week, or you know, rather than just peaks and troughs cracks. So, uh, and then they come up. So they they were poor against Kerry, decent against Donegal, very poor against Kildare. Uh, obviously, right, the next trajectory is decent against Dublin, but will that be enough, Paul? Because Dublin are coming, as we all know. Dublin are on the way back, and who, who knows who they could have back from injury this weekend? You know. Just um, before we do move on um, to Division Two, there seem to be a lot of cards. This weekend, dished out by referees, Mick, McCart- Mick O'Grady went off with a second yellow. Um, we've seen Kevin McLaughlin get a block card. We've seen, safe to say, Shawnee Quigley gets a clear 
point um which would be so frustrated with if you're part of the Fermanagh management team but particularly this weekend I thought there was a lot of cards dished out yeah, it wasn't just this weekend. Was there 18 cards in what's common in Derry last weekend? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, there's a lot of soft yellows being handed out, I think, at the minute. Are, are we taking the men out of the game? Are we taking the tackle out of the game? Are we taking the physicality out of the game? You know, let them at it. Like, let them at it. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, a foul is a foul. I have no problem with any of that. And and um, give your free, tick whatever you need to do. But I do think we're going mad here. There's far too many reds, ultimately, from two yellows or a black and a yellow or whatever way it's coming. Yeah, you know, it's far too many. And and what are we doing? Is third, we're heading for 13 aside here. It's not um it's not good. And you go back to the Shane McGuigan one was horrendous, you know, absolutely horrendous. And yes. they, you know, so what like what is the point of that? Like you know, what Derry were on the attack trying to win the game in the last minute. And what ref in his right mind thinks he's going to pull down Niall Stack? At the end of the day, like well, like who in your right mind? The attacker is trying to get up the field to score. Stack doesn't want them allow him up the field. Put one and one together, ref. You know, that kind of way. So it's just very, very poor. And sometimes, Paul, I'd, I'd question the line, linesmen and all of this because if some of the top referees in the country who aren't, you know, who are linesmen that week, I don't know. Is it a competition with these boys? I don't know. Are they? Are they? Are they annoyed? They're not in the middle. I, you know, I don't know what's going on. But some of the calls from the linesmen who who are your eyes and ears and they're very trust should be very trusty lieutenants. They don't seem to get them right a lot of the time. So um um. Yeah, I think we're taking the physicality out of the game uh, and it's not good. It's it's definitely not good. Even look up yesterday in Derry, uh, Karen McFaul was sent off, the most unusual sending off I've seen. Uh, for, I think that was to do now was back chat for both. Yeah, twice though. I think it was twice he yeah. was done for back chat, which is the first time I've ever seen that in my... in my. Uh, usually I learn the first time. So, um, um, yeah, it, look, there just seems to be a lot of... Um, we, we are sanitising the game a good bit and for me... It's GA, we're men, we're adults, let us at it. And if it's free, blow the free. If it's not, let us at it. You know? Yeah, no, hopefully now. Can we be a bit of calming down on that front? But uh, the results of the weekend really delights me to say it as a goalie man. Going back up to Division 1, 4 11 uh, to 12 points. I was obviously hoping for a result, but I did not see this scoreline coming one bit. No, and in fairness, I don't think anybody did. And I, I'd say Paul Joyce wouldn't even. Wouldn't even try bluff you to say he did either. Uh, I very. I just listened to Parag's interview. I'm very surprised to hear Derry won the toss and went went against it. Um, very surprised to hear that. To be honest with you, but the game was over. Ten minutes. You know, the game was over and um, the kickout fell apart. Galway big press up. Even if you look at the analysis last night on the Sunday game, you know, you see where Killian McDade was. You see how high up the press was on the field. You know, and their kicker they just couldn't get out, which is a standard fare against that type of a breeze. You know, and uh, surely Derry. It's their training ground on bag. They train there every night of the week. It's very, very surprising um, by, by Rory there, particularly not having bet Common after going two years nearly unbeaten or a year and a half unbeaten and then uh, in league, obviously. And then um, and then that. So so it was, it was a very, very strange move. Yes, Galway, uh, big, just to touch on my previous point, they do seem, though, to be getting the balance a bit better now, Paul. Um, Johnny Heaney and Matty Tierney now 10 and 12. So as I was saying earlier, now you have guys... Like Tierney's a midfielder, probably really, and Heaney, you know, very is, is a defensive minded player. So now you have guys who are looking to get back, who are looking to tuck in, who are looking to protect, who are looking to do work rather than going out and out scoring forwards or like we were speaking about previous. So now for me, I know I was harsh on Galway a couple of weeks ago. Now they look like they're getting the balance right, and maybe they were holding us back. Maybe they're working on this every week and just not showing us, you know. So um um 
Absolutely, and even to score, did they finish with 11 points? Derry only, was it? I think 11 or 12. Yeah, they finished with 11, and like talked about the high press there, but the way they took the goals uh, in the first half, like Damien Comer gets a terrific turnover, and Rogers working it out. Uh, Conroy plays it across, and uh, Matthew Tierney's there, get the first one. Uh, then Comer gets the second one. Well, I suppose the second and the third one, it's it's weird to say you have to question the Derry defending there, which is yeah. not something you associate with Gallagher's teams. No, and and Rory said it after he goes, they want to get back, they want to chase the ball, the energy levels weren't there, and 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 you know, or maybe are Derry finding it a bit harder? You know, you know they've had. Let's be honest, they played all the weaker teams in Division Two. You know, they came up with a Division Three, and um, maybe Derry now are finding their level. You know, that kind of maybe Derry, maybe we all got a bit ahead of ourselves at Derry, and maybe they're finding their level. Yes, they're missing a week. Fair enough. But still, having said that, that doesn't excuse their defensive. And they were a mess in the first 20 minutes. So uh, I was very, very surprised with and, and disappointed in Derry and in the Rory Gallagher team because they're always very, very well set up. He pride themselves in that. And for me, it wasn't it wasn't as if they were holding them back. It wasn't like they, they were going up there to get promotion, or sorry, they were playing to get promotion. And uh, I was very, very surprised. But on the other you have to credit Galway. Fair play to them. They really went after the game. You've seen every score, fist pump, the goals, they were celebrating. They were there to get promoted, God, we were. You know, they were there to do a job on Derry. And fair play to them, they've done it. And, and for me, they're starting to become a bigger threat for Mayo every week that they look like they have a better balance and a better structure to their team. Um, and they've done all this without Shane Walsh. So, yeah, I just want to say, like, you take McGuigan, you take Walsh. That kind of does even itself out. It does, but Galway would have more firepower. I think, and this could be a mad thing to say, I think Wal- I think McGuigan is more important to Derry than Walsh is to Galway. Now, that's probably doesn't make any sense, but, you know, I, even though I still rate Shane in probably the top four in country, he, um, I think McGuigan is way more central. Does he count for 45% of, of maybe um, Derry scores or something? Seven, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think it amounts to nearly 50%, 40-something percent of Derry scores. So, whereas... There's no way on our Shane Walsh hasn't scored. Is there two games in the bounce ball? I'll be wrong in saying he didn't score and definitely won. He didn't definitely. score against Clare. Um, and he scored he against Hawkins. Yeah, I don't think he scored against Offaly either. No, he didn't. There's two weeks in a row Shane Walsh didn't score, right? So I, for me, there's not. Now, don't get me wrong. I know he assists. I know he creates and he's elite. But I don't think for last weekend there was a comparison. I think McGuigan was by far the bigger loss um, uh, on the day. Than, 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 than Walsh was so uh, but still very very disappointed and I'd say Gallagher is having you know uh, w- what sort of a team will Galway put out this week now there's two ways to look at it do Galway want to give their rivals uh, you know a pep in their step do they want to let Roscommon get promoted I doubt it um, is that hard to rejoice because they've won the two FPD games they've won six in a row to keep the momentum going to keep the feel good factor within the squad like and then if you say they do mix it but even if they mix it, I'm sure he's still looking to get a result because, like, it puts them in such a good position then. Yeah, I, I think, Paul, I've seen this for over the years when a team is promoted or dead rubbers, or particularly a promoted team, and you've won all your games or you're on a good vein of form and then you go and make wholesale changes and lose the last game. For me, year after year after year, that team ultimately does not do that well in the championship. Because you're breaking everything you have. I think you're breaking all your momentum. You're breaking all your stride. Absolutely. If, for example, Shane Walsh has a knock, don't risk him. No problem. But play your 14 or, or play your 12 or 13 and chance one or two lads or whatever it might be. 
But but for me, you can't break your momentum. You can't make wholesale changes and get out and do it. What's another game show? What are you going to do with these lads? Run them up and down, you know, lock charge, is it? What are they going to do with them? You know, that kind of way. Like, so, you know, otherwise, let them out and play. Even if you play them for 35 minutes, get a decent get a get decent few minutes under their belt, take them out then and look after them, ultimately be very, very competitive. You're promoted, job done, move on, still good morale, good competition. Now a fella's got 25 minutes and hadn't featured maybe too much and you're in a good place. Go up there with your second team and get a scutcheon. It's in the hide, isn't it? Or is it? In the hide, yeah. Yeah, go up there with your second team, get a scutcheon, uh, you know, off, off Roscommon and all of a sudden, you, where are you? You know, where are you again? So uh, for me, God, we have to go with their with their main team this weekend. Obviously, as I said, don't risk anybody that doesn't need to risk. But uh, for me, that's what has to happen. You know. Yeah. So that means now Roscommon defeated Offaly yesterday, two eighteen to fourteen. So if Roscommon beat Galway, they're promoted. If it's a draw, um, and Derry win, I think it's Roscommon. Who will still get promoted with the better score and difference. But if Galway beat Roscommon and Derry beat Mead, then it'll be Galway and Derry in the league final. Uh, Cork relegated down yesterday. Um, Mead um, just about uh, surviving, beating Clare 10 9. They have turned their season around, like got off to a bad start, but it's still maybe question marks are still over them. Yeah, but I do think they've turned it around. Fair play to them. Uh, they looked in real trouble after that Galway game in round one. And um, now they definitely look to be t- have turned it around. Uh, I was Cork. I don't think we can say how bad Cork were last week in Navin. They looked horrendous and um, wide open, just wide open, no plan, no defensive plan, particularly. And he just kicked the ball through them, ran the ball through them, and just destroyed them. So I, you can take that result with a pinch of salt. I think Cork are miles out of their depth here. But um, flip it around to Clare. Clare and Ennis is. Is anyone who goes to Ennis, probably with the exception of Kerry, anyone who goes to Ennis could lucky to come out with two points, you know, that kind of way. So um uh I would I would think it's a serious result. Eked out last minute, James Connellan came on last minute and kicked the kicked the winner. Um I think that result will stand to Mead big time. I think Mead will come again this year and maybe not reach the heights, but I do think they'll come again. They're gonna be a threat to all in in in, in particularly in Leinster and um I think I think fair play to Andy McInnie. I really think they've they've steadied the ship and going to Ennis. Honestly, I think it's one of the toughest places to go to in Ireland and, and come out with a win. Having said that, Clare, I'm not sure where Clare are. They um, are another team that could be as good as a job. Colin Collins is like a wizard. Same as Billy Lee. The job them boys have done. Yeah. But just not sure it's clicking anymore for Colin. Uh, just not sure it's happening. You know. Then uh, just on Division 3, like I think this is really where everyone has their eyes next weekend to see who won't be playing in the Talton, to see who gets um, promoted. Um, but before we do that, Davey, uh, like, I just think the show today nearly has to go to what Sam Mulroy has done in this league. 54% of loud scores have come from Mulroy. Ah, yeah, Sam looks like, really looks like the real deal. Uh, to say Martin's forward, he, he looks phenomenal. Uh, 54% of one, like, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. You're, you know, you're getting up to Conor McManus levels here. Like, you're getting, you know, phenomenal and incredible. And he does, one thing I will say, and I often give out about the media, not highlighting it, he does seem to be getting his fair share now of attention, which is only due, it's only right. Yeah. So um, I, I would say fair play for that. But uh, yeah, absolutely. He, he, he's playing. He wears eleven. Looks to me like he plays inside. A big bull of a man. Jesus, you know, serious set of quads on him there when you look at him. And uh, look, he's lethal. Absolutely lethal. And some kicking return. One ten, one eight, eleven points. 
that some some kicker has done week on week out, and his consistency is the is the brilliant part. It's every week your guarantee, Mickey Hart's guaranteed that Sam will bring his A game or he'll at least bring an eight out of ten. And ultimately, he's carrying uh, he's carrying loud at the minute, but he's carried them back to Division Two now. Yeah, they look like they're promoted. Um, Brigade needed to spec them um, to get a result against Wicklow. Um, but in fairness to Wicklow, they got a good result. Uh, your former side, Davey, uh, just pipping uh, Longford at the weekend. Yeah, fair play to the lads. It must be a huge boost for them to uh, dig out a result there in Pierce Park in, in Longford. And uh, poor result for Longford, if I'm going to be honest about it now. You know, poor result to lose at home to the bottom of the table team who had a manager change mid-season. It's not good, like, you know, it's not good. And now you're right back in the mix. And probably Longford are, are probably gone or very close to it. I know they've leashed this weekend, but then the loser is probably gone. But I think Longford will ultimately come out alongside of that. But uh, yeah, fair play to the Wicklow boys. Um, brilliant win for them. I think it's too little, too late, though. Uh, the score difference, even if they beat Loud, like Loud are 99% promoted or 99% of the league final. Again, goes back to what we said earlier, what, what team the Loud put out now. What do they decide to do? Do they, do they rest Sam? If they rest Sam, well, now Loud aren't the same Loud, you know, yourself. So, as you said, so uh, then Zaku Wicko, a chance it's in Akram. Yeah, it's in Akram. So, uh, look, you, you, you never know, but I think the score difference with Wicko is too bad that day, I think. I think they have a real uphill challenge to underhand and to come in against the league leaders, you know. Yeah, and Antrim play Westmead, which is probably one of the games of the weekend. That's up in Corrigan. Um, as well, like Limerick down against Leach. I think it was Robbie Burke who came on to kick the last yeah. three points of yeah. the game to see Limerick over the line. Yeah. Um, yeah, Robbie Burke, and I, I keep going back to this every week, but Limerick are doing all this without Danny Neville. It's some going. It's it's serious, serious going. I've seen James O'Carroll as well, who plays with Castanock. I don't think he's involved either. Right? No, and and the one thing I will say with Shane, he wouldn't be wouldn't be of Danny's ilk, in my opinion now, but still another good scoring forward for them. And uh, uh, between Hugh Burke and Robbie, they're, 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 they're serious, serious players. And... Um, uh, fair play to Limerick or Limerick are, what, what 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 points are Limerick on now? I think Limerick are on I think Limerick are one point behind uh yeah. Loud and Antrim. Yes, and then Antrim have Westmead this weekend. And 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 Antrim, in fairness to Antrim, they pushed all the way again, probably lost by four points, probably a fair reflection. I think Antrim beat Loud by a point last year, last minute winner up in Antrim uh, in division four. Uh, whereas this year, I'd say that's probably an accurate enough reflection that Loud probably are three or four points better side than Antrim at the minute. Uh, Antrim are very much a team on the up on the McGinley, though. And uh, in Corrigan, Westmead, for me, Paul, are baffling me this year. Yeah. They're baff- their, their inconsistency is... Uh, if I was Jack Cooney, be calling me hero. What is the story with them? They're up and down, week on week, like poor, let's be honest, draw it for man and, and a dodgy decision against Quigley there. You know, at home isn't a good result for a Westmead. You know, I would have thought that now the Westmead were shoe ins for promotion for Division Three. It doesn't look that way at all. And Corrigan Park is a horrendous place to have to go to if you dig yourself out of a hole. So, um, I, uh, I'm not sure what's going on in Westmead. Uh, they lost a bad game. Longford beat them. Did they two weeks ago? Yeah, Longford beat them two weeks ago. Yes, Longford beat them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really not good. Um, it's really not good there. I'm not sure what's going on in Westmead, and um, they really need to straighten that up and get their consistency right or else they're going into a, another year in Division 3 and then a year in the Talking Cup and I would have thought they were a better side than that but maybe they're not Yeah, So if Loud and Limerick both win uh, Loud are playing Wicklow Limerick are playing for Mana um, and it's Loud on 9 Limerick on 8 so if they both win they're in the league finals but then if uh, 
Limerick uh, don't get a result um, at the weekend against Fermanagh. Um, Antrim and Westmead are both on seven, so whoever wins that one in Corrigan will be in the league final then. And then it's between yeah. Leash, Wicklow and Longford for the relegation playoffs. Some some permutations to it. The, 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 one, one point of caution, I would say, I'm not sure some of them teams are ready for Division 2. As much mm-hmm. as we all want to get up, up, up yeah, as quickly as possible, I wouldn't be certain Antrim are a Division 2 team. I wouldn't be certain Limerick are a Division 2 team. I'm not saying they won't be and can't be. I'm just saying I'm not sure. Uh, it's all great being in the All-Ireland last 16. Of course, we are, that's the aspiration. That's where we all want to be. But uh, you can get what you wish for a bit early too and then you could come out the wrong side next year of uh, it looks like Derry might very well be in Division 2 again. You know, who's coming down? There's Dublin, Monaghan, Tildare, Tyrone. You know, there's going to be Mead in Division 2 next year. Hopefully, maybe a re- re-energised Mead in Division Like, you know, Clare is still going to be there. If, you know, if you're not up to it, you're going to get, you're going to ship some hidings next year. You know, that kind of way. So, uh, I, you have to be careful what you wish for sometimes. Obviously, you don't hook a gift horse, you take take every chance it's a front of you, but I would just be uh, slightly concerned if one or two of them teams are fully ready yet to be there. Then just on four, um, Cavan got promoted yesterday with a one-point victory over um, London yesterday. Uh, then Tipperary had a convincing win over Carlo 216-11. Um, Leitrim put Wexford away in the end and then... Um, it was just bizarre what went on in the Sligoan uh, Waterford game. Um, Waterford getting numerous players uh, sent off. But, like, I think the GA have to change this. At the moment, Tipperary are down to play a game next weekend uh, on Saturday evening against London. And Sligo are playing Leitrim. So, Kavanagh already promoted. Sligo, Leitrim and Tip are still in the hunt for promotion. If Tipperary play... Um, and beat Leitrim on Saturday evening. That'll leave Leitrim and Sligo ultimately yeah, playing dead rubber. Dead rubber because yeah. there's no relegation involved in Division Four. No, um, I, the, yeah, it has to be changed again. I can't believe the GEA allowed this game to be changed. You, you have to get agreement from the CCC to change any fixture. I don't know how this ended up happening. The last game in the last round every year has to be played at the same time, so there's no advantage or no disadvantage between score difference and permutations and whatever else, whatever else, head to heads. You know, you imagine Division 1 next weekend, we're going to have some calculators needed to, in the last five minutes to know what's going on. So, um, you know, it's just not right. It's not fair. Um, but the problem is logistics here. London's flights are, you can guarantee, yeah. it's, it's in tip, yeah? Yeah. So London's flights will be booked. Um, hotels will be booked. You know, there's more to this than, than just, oh, change that game there, lads. So, uh, logistically, I'd say there's some headache this week, but there's absolutely no way Leitrim, etc., will allow this game to go ahead. That they just, just can't happen. It, the integrity of the game is gone. You can't, can't happen. And David, just on a final point before we finish up, like um, Division Four final this year is one to look forward to. Three as well, two and one. Like, like it's really starting to come towards the championship. But even this weekend or the weekend we do have. Where all these league finals are going to be in Crow Park, there's some excitement between, like even all the different forwards in the, the lower divisions and, and the top divisions. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and it's brilliant for. It's a huge day out. Huge disappointment I had in in '19 when we uh, got promoted from with with Limerick from Division Four was we never got our day out. It was COVID, so the league finals were scrapped. You know, 
and we never got our day on Croker and we would have really fancied our chances against a, a more physical Limerick team but in the wide open expanses of Croker we would have really fancied our younger legs to cause them boys problems you know so um, um, that was a so it's a huge thing make no bones a huge thing for a Division 4 team Division 3 team playing Crow Park and, and, and also I think there's two different Crow Park experiences there's the Cavern and Tipperary experience two years ago when they got Mayo and Dublin and they were murdered in an All-Ireland semi-final because they were completely out of their depth. Or there's a Crow Park experience at your own level, and, 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 and that's the one I want to be part of. You know, that's the one where, where Sam Mulroy wants to play Antrim or he wants to play Westmead or he wants to play whoever. You know, that kind of way. He doesn't want to get in there against the dubs that are in their pump. Well, well maybe he does, but I don't. You know, that kind of way. So um, um, uh, you want to get in at your own level. This is why this is our best competition. And the finals of it, absolutely, playing a Croker, is, is, is a, it'd be a festival of football. And uh, it's really one, I, I know firsthand from being in them lower divisions, it's a huge carrot, a huge carrot, a huge reward for them boys for, for their work. You know? Absolutely, and it'll be uh, something to look forward to. It'll be fascinating to see who will make them with all the different permutations we've left heading into round yeah. seven. But uh, we'll be back uh, on Thursday uh, with a preview show of the round seven action. Davey, thanks for your time. Cheers, Paul.